98K News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Two activists who skipped bail after they were charged over the Moncock riots have reportedly been given asylum in Germany. A pro-government concern group says more than 400,000 people have signed a petition to support the extradition law amendments and Hong Kong-born Gladys Liu has become the first Chinese-Australian to be elected to the Australian Parliament. Two activists who skipped bail after being charged with rioting in Hong Kong say they're now under refugee protection in Germany. They're likely to be the first people from Hong Kong to have obtained such sanctuary. Mike Weeks reports. The New York Times says activists Ray Wong and Alan Lee have come forward to say they've been granted refugee status by the German government. Two years ago, Mr Lee, who's 27, and 25-year-old Mr Wong faced rioting charges over the 2016 Lunar New Year clashes in Hong Kong. They skipped bail and fled to Germany in 2017 and applied for protection, which they said was approved last May. Germany's Migration and Refugee Office confirmed it awarded two applicants from Hong Kong refugee protection last year, but didn't name them. Mr Wong, who led pro-independence group Hong Kong Indigenous, said in an interview last year in Frankfurt that if the German government thought Hong Kong's judiciary was independent, they wouldn't have granted them refugee status. Several people have been jailed for between two and seven years for their roles in the Hong Kong riots. Here's what the Secretary for Justice, Theresa Cheng, had to say when she was asked about the report. Your statement is based on an assumption that I haven't seen the evidence of. It is a statement that is reported in a particular media. I'm not able, therefore, to really comment on that uh, media or that basis of assumption at this stage. A new concern group claims that more than 400,000 people have signed a petition to support the government's proposed amendments to the SAR's extradition laws. The changes would allow for suspects to be sent to places that have no extradition deal with Hong Kong. The online petition has been organised by Safeguard HK, which is made up of about 30 politicians and legal experts. The group's convener, Kennedy Wong, who's an NPC delegate, says he believes support is growing as more people gain a better understanding of the changes. I would say that this piece of legislation does not affect 99.99% of ordinary Hong Kong residents. I think, uh, on the other hand, it will plug certain loopholes in our law so that we would not be a sort of safe haven for fugitives. So I think ordinary residents, they understand uh, more and more about you know, what this piece of legislation really means. Top graftbuster Simon Pei has thrown his support behind the government's proposed changes to extradition laws, acknowledging there are fugitives wanted for corruption hiding in Hong Kong. The ICAC commissioner said the city cannot become a safe haven for criminals. He said the government's proposals to allow for the transfer of criminals on a case-by-case basis shouldn't undermine the ICAC's cooperation with global counterparts. ICAC is a law enforcement agency and uh, we have the responsibility to uh, maintain the uh, rule of law in Hong Kong. And uh, as a law enforcement agency, if there is any loophole in our existing law, we support to uh, amend the law and to plug the loophole. And are you aware that there are many criminals that uh, who have broken bribery offences are hiding in Hong Kong? I do not have the figures, but I know there are some. 
Former Chief Secretary Anson Chan says the entire credibility of the Chief Executive Carrie Lam, however, is in tatters, accusing her of riding roughshod over people's concerns about the controversial changes to the extradition laws. Ms Chan urged people to take to the streets at a planned rally next month against the proposals. I urge everybody to turn up, everybody who cares about two systems, who cares about our own safety, who cares about trumped-up charges and people possibly being sent back to the mainland, should come out and demonstrate and tell the SAR government and tell Beijing. They must reconsider this. Kerry talks about how if the passage of the bill is frustrated, it will affect her credibility to govern. I think she's very much mistaken if she feels that by riding roughshod over people's concerns and forcing this bill through the Legislative Council, that the remaining years of her term will be easy. It will not, because I think her entire credibility, her credibility in the eyes of Hong Kong people, particularly in helping to stand up and defend one country, two systems, is in tatters. Meanwhile, Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Ka-Ki and the Democratic Party's Roy Kwong have been thrown out of the LegCo chamber minutes after the chief executive entered for question time. They chanted slogans calling for Carrie Lam to step down amid the controversy um, over amending extradition laws. They demanded she withdraw the bill, accusing her of betraying the interests of Hong Kong people. Mr Kwok spoke outside the LegCo chamber. This amendment bill is killing Hong Kong. The so-called one country, two systems actually will be destroyed by this amendment bill. And we have no choice but to ask for a step down of Carrie Lam. And we would, until the very end of the deliberation in the Legislative Council, we would like to urge both the SAR government or the central government behind the SAR government. They must retrieve this amendment bill in order to safeguard one country, two systems. And in response to a question on whether or not the CE can reject a request from Beijing to hand over a fugitive, Mrs Lamb said the CE cannot do whatever he or she wants and must follow the rule of law. About 50 people, mostly members of the League of Social Democrats and the Civil Human Rights Front, have protested outside the LegCo building against the extradition proposals. Former lawmaker Leung Kwok Hung from the LSD party quoted Carrie Lamb's election manifesto, in which she said she'd resign if people turned against her. She had already betrayed uh, the Hong Kong people and she promised that if she is not supported by the Hong Kong people, then she will resign. I think it's a very, very, obviously, he betrayed herself and betrayed the Hong Kong people. Turning overseas, Hong Kong-born Gladys Liu has become the first Chinese-Australian to be elected to the lower house of Australia's parliament after a surprise victory in the suburban Melbourne seat of Chisholm. The Liberal candidate defeated Labour's Taiwan-born Jennifer Yang, a seasoned political campaigner. Ms Liu's campaign was battered by seemingly endless controversies, including comments she'd made about same-sex marriage in 2016 and an abusive online post her sister wrote about rival Jennifer Yang. Her win gives the governing Liberal National Coalition the majority it needs. There's been a range of negative responses to a speech by the British Prime Minister Theresa May in which she offered members of Parliament what she called one last chance to deliver Brexit by approving her EU withdrawal bill. She pledged to give Parliament a vote on whether or not to hold a second referendum once it passed her deal. Here's our London-based correspondent Peter Anderson. What we have seen is Theresa May 
very much trying a carrot and stick approach. A carrot to entice opposition Labour MPs to come round to her way of thinking. A stick, though, to strike fear into Brexiteers in her own party. And the immediate indications is that this has backfired, or certainly looks set to backfire, with some people saying that they supported her previously, and this will drive them away from Theresa May's plan rather than towards it. And the Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, rejected Theresa May's proposals. We can't support this bill because it's basically a rehash of what was discussed before and it doesn't make any fundamental moves on market alignment or the customs union or indeed protection of rights, particularly in relation to uh, consumer rights and the quality of the food that we will eat in the future. Indonesian police have fired tear gas to disperse demonstrators in Jakarta after a rally by several thousand people protesting against the re-election of President Joko Widodo. The protest itself was peaceful, but some demonstrators refused to leave the area and hurled fireworks and other objects at police. More than 30,000 troops were deployed across the city and barbed wire barricades erected to protect the election commission offices. Abortion rights activists have taken part in coordinated rallies across the United States to protest against several states passing tough laws to restrict terminations. The Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer told a crowd outside the Supreme Court in Washington that Republican-controlled states were waging a war against women's rights. From Alabama to Missouri to Texas and beyond, Republican legislatures are waging a war to unravel a woman's fundamental rights. They are responsible for 300 newly proposed restrictions. We are here to send these folks a message, not on our watch. The head of the United Nations World Food Programme says children are dying in Yemen because some corrupt and uncooperative officials in areas controlled by Houthi rebels are diverting vital aid. David Beasley acknowledged his comments could backfire, but said he hoped good Houthi leaders would prevail over the corrupt ones. This violates the most fundamental international standards of humanitarian principles because innocent people are suffering from food diversion, theft, corruption. And I know all the Houthis and the Houthi leaders are not like that. They're good Houthi leaders, and we're hoping that they can prevail in this desperate, desperate situation. This year's Man Booker International Prize has been awarded to an Amani writer, Joka Al-Hati, for her novel Celestial Bodies. She's the first Arabic writer to win the prize for a translated work. She shares the award of more than 60,000 US dollars with her translator, an American academic, Marilyn Booth, who had this to say about the book. I actually translated it long before we had a publisher. I've done this a few times in my life, and it's not a very smart thing to do, but I've just found a work that I love so much. And I think, you know, it's true that Jocha is taking on some taboos and some difficult subjects, but I think a really important thing about this book is the way she does it with such empathy for everybody. To Business News, Beijing's ambassador to the United States has said in an interview with Fox News that Washington has repeatedly changed its mind overnight and sunk deals that could have ended the two countries' trade war. Ambassador Tsui Tien Kai also slammed as politically motivated the White House's move to ban the transfer or sale of U.S. technology to mainland telecoms giant Huawei. Locally, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,745. That's 90 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $42 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 110.44 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 11 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 97 cents. 
Now with the sports news, here's Atom Chung. The St. Louis Blues have reached the Stanley Cup final for the first time in 49 years. They defeated the San Jose Sharks 5-1 at home to clinch the Western Conference final in six games. It's the latest win in the Blues' improbable run from last in the NHL on January 3rd to becoming one of the last two teams left standing. Here's forward Patrick Maroon, who took less money in the offseason to sign with his hometown team. This city's been waiting for this for so so many years now, and I'm a, it's a privilege to be, put this jersey on and do it in front of this crowd. Four more wins. We got to continue what we're doing. It's just unbelievable where we were in the beginning of the year to where we are now. This team's relentless, and it's going to conti- continue to be relentless. Next up for the Blues are the Boston Bruins in a rematch of the 1970 Stanley Cup final that ended with the iconic image of Bobby Orr flying in the air after scoring the overtime winner for Boston. St. Louis never returned to the Cup final since their bid for revenge starts Monday with Game One in Boston. The Toronto Raptors dished out a collective effort as they thumped the top-seeded Milwaukee Bucks 120-102 in Game Four of the NBA's Eastern Conference Final. For the first time in this series, the bench battle was dominated by the Raptors as they outscored the Milwaukee reserves 48-25. The series now tied 2-2 with the home team having won all the games. Here's point guard Kyle Lowry who led Toronto with 25 points. I think we stayed level-headed. I think we understood the situations. You know, we they they did what they were supposed to do on their home floor, and we did what we were supposed to do on our home floor. Now we have to go out there and continue to do what we've done, you know, and what we brought to the last two games, and um, put it in game five. And we know it's going to be tough, and we know they're going to come out amped and ready to go. But you know, I think some of the things we could continue to get better at is transition defense and and you know catching and shooting and shooting the shots that are there. In football news, Arsenal's Armenian midfielder Henrik Mkhitaryan will miss their Europa League final against Chelsea due to fears over his safety in Azerbaijan, where the match is due to take place. The BBC's Shojo Saka has more. Earlier this week, Azerbaijan's ambassador to the UK insisted there should be no cause for concern over the Armenia captain Henrik Mkhitaryan travelling to Baku for the Europa League final. He has previously missed club matches played in Azerbaijan because of political tensions. There are no diplomatic relations between Armenia and Azerbaijan due to a long-standing territory dispute, and Azerbaijan usually doesn't even allow foreign nationals of Armenian descent to enter their country. The final will be played next week, Wednesday. It's a game Arsenal must win in order to secure a place in the Champions League next season. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. Two activists who skipped bail after they were charged over the Moncock riots have reportedly been given asylum in Germany. And a pro-government concern group says more than 400,000 people have signed a petition to support the extradition law amendments. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer. I am back. That's right, back from Fiji, baby. I know I say that. They don't really say that there. Anyway, I'll tell you more about my trip later on the program. First of all, many thanks to Sadia Osmani sitting in for me, holding down the 123 show fort right here on Broadcast Drive. We're talking about two big topics on today's show. First of all, we're talking about relaxation and how to de-stress in one of the most stressful cities of the world in Hong Kong. We'll be chatting with Martha Collard, the founder of Red Doors Studio, on how to uh, relax in this city. And after 2.30, Cruzanne McCalligan will be joining us for our usual midweek column. And this week, we're talking about fear. Um, why do we experience it? And is it true that by faith Facing our fears, we are conquering them. We want to hear from you as well. Feel free to drop us an email. 123show at rthk.hk. 16 minutes past one o'clock. This is Gloria by the Lumineers. Gloria. 